I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at arguably... Arguably the greatest compilation series this country has ever released. The 100% Hits volume compilation series. My name is Joshua, and this week, very special guest. Please welcome. It's Laura Imbruglia. Yay. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm thanks, good. Thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. Were you a big 100% Hits um, collector? Did you have these in the house? I don't think so. Um, were they on CD? And tape. They were on tape as well. When did they start and when did they finish? Do you know? 1992 and finished in 2007. Wow. Sorry to grill you, but I'm glad you've That's, done the research. I've, I've done it, yeah. I've, this is my, <laughs> I've been living this life the last like 16 weeks, just trying to absorb everything I can about these, these albums. Deep dive. Did they have any kind of like partnership with Smash Hits or, or those magazines? Like, I, I don't think they did. Okay. I don't. So the other, the other one in the series... Not this series, but there was another a rival one, which was Hit Machine. Okay. <laughs> which I didn't really know much about, but now because every single guest I have comes on, they're pretty much saying, "Oh, I was more Hit Machine." Oh. So, listeners, if you haven't heard already, I, I'm doing a Patreon only podcast of Hit Machine called Pod Machine. Uh, so go there if you want to listen to the likes of the Sony Columbia artists. This one, <laughs> this one, we're on. We're doing Polystar and EMI. This is this is what Hundred Percent Hits was. Holy hell! Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I I think I was I was up with most of the songs that have come up yep. as I've been doing um, the small amount of research that I've done, but um, I found these songs through Smash Hits magazine. I think. Yeah, great. Were you a much of a like compilation maker? Did you make many a mix CD or mixtape? Yeah, I used to make mixtapes, um, like recording from the radio and I, mm. they were really smooth. Like I would press pause instead of stop. Nice. So that there was no clunk sound, um, which is something I just taught myself was pretty proud of. Um, and mixed CDs I got into like after high school. I was, I'm, yeah, I'm mad for compilations, like making them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was the same. And then I, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit older than you, but it was that thing of like, then the film High Fidelity came out. And I'd already read the book, but then the film came out and everyone just thought, that's you, Josh. And I got really annoyed at it. So I, for a while there, out of protest to John Cusack, I refused to make mixtapes and mix CDs for people. You, you, you were offended at the comparison. Oh, it was just that thing. You know, when you don't like to be saying, oh, that's you, that's exactly you. And then you're watching like, that's not me. That guy's it's like. Kind of a douche, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm, yeah, not that, not that like infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so the year is 1993 when this album has come out. We're in September 93. Do you remember much about 93? 93. I was in year five Yep. on the central coast of New South Wales where I grew up and um, I, li- I listened to a lot of power ballads around that time of my oh, life. You would have loved the first couple of uh, these compilations, Extreme, Scorpions. All yeah, that's, the, that's yeah. great. All right, well, we've got some ballads coming up on this one. I wouldn't say they're power ballads, but they're definitely ballads. Mm-hmm. Let's start with this one. Now, this one, kicking off side B. That's what we're talking about. Volume 8, side B. It is Boy George and his song, The Crying Game. Yeah. 
And that's where we'll fade it out. What do you think? It's a pretty great song. It's really good, um, isn't it? I haven't listened to it much, um, but listening to it now as an adult, it's kind of cool. It's like Twin Peaksy cross with Roy Orbison vibes. It's real Twin Peaksy. I so this was used in the film of the same name, The Crying Game, which was when I was first year uni. This was the film you had to have seen. It was like, oh, have you seen The Crying? You've got to see it. And it was the first of those real big spoiler at the end. So if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It. Uh, it's 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 quite the twist. Okay. At, at me at 18, 17 in Launceston, Tasmania. Didn't, didn't really see it coming. <laughs> I think I know what it is going to be because. Sorry, were you still telling us? No, story? no, I was not going to. I was not going to give away the ending. Okay. <laughs> um, the first time I encountered this song was watching Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Ah, oh, is it in that? It's at. Um, yeah, it's towards the end of the film. Oh, that 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 ending that's that's dated so well. <laughs> um, is this connected to the, to the crying game? Yeah, yeah. So they've done something very clever there. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, like, I I wasn't watching Ace Ventura for the first time. I was watching it for the second time with my cousin, who's a bit older than me. And when that scene came on, she was like, "Ah, oh, the crying game! They're playing the crying!" And I didn't understand the reference or why she thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, in like why that song was funny, but that's my memory of that song for the first time. I'm on record as saying the first ten minutes of the second movie, funniest ten minutes in cinema. When oh really? Dri- when he's driving over the bumps and the mosquitoes in his mouth, and then comes out of the rhino's ass, it's it's still funny. It still, it still holds <laughs> up. I've got it on DVD. I'll have to rewatch. Put it on. So uh, this song was written by a man called Jeff Stevens, and he wrote it because he came up with the phrase "the crying game" and went, "That sounds like a good name for a song," and then wrote it that way. That's cool. You write songs. Is that how? Would you ever start with the the title and then work your way down? Uh, maybe not the title, but. Um... I might come up with um, a sentence that I think sounds particularly interesting or someone else says something and then I might structure yeah. an idea around it and then it grows from there. Like I was thinking like just yesterday or the day before about making a playlist um, with interesting turns of phrase in it. Yep. Um, but I couldn't tell you what I was playing. Oh, no, Come See About Me was what prompted me to do it. I was like, that's such a weird and cool thing to say, Come See About Me. What's, what song's that? You know, come see about me, see about <laughs> me, baby. Come see. It's like, I don't know, Supremes or something. Yeah. Um, but then there's, yeah, I was trying to, I haven't gone very far into thinking about it, but there's a song I like called like Wherewithal and, it, and he just keeps saying, I wish I had the wherewithal yeah um to get your attention or something just like strange sentences that you don't hear i like the idea of putting them in a playlist here's uh one more thing i want to say about boy george is that he kind of has redeemed himself a bit there was the, the incident where he had a male escort and he changed him to his house and kind of imprisoned him oh, he, went, he went to jail for this whoa i don't remember yeah. that yeah this was like in 2009 oh he got out this is this is also tells you of the time. So he got out and wanted to go into the Celebrity Big Brother house. Like they asked him, I'll come in. And then the, the probation services said, no, you're not doing that. Like you're not profiting from like your, your crime. Really. Me. Like, yeah. yeah. But now he's kind of out. He was like what, one of those, I think it was Australia's Got Talent. He was one of the judges for it. And no oh. one ever mentioned going, oh, remember when you you chained up that guy in your house and that's so messed up. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, it's so weird that some people can just, I don't know, a bit Teflon and go, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you another go. We'll give you a chance. All right. Moving on now, possibly po- you could argue this is the biggest boy band of, of the nineties. Although some bands, I don't know, but this is definitely, they're at the forefront of it. This is, Boys to Men and their song, the acapella in the still of the night, I'll remember. Shoot, 
That's how that sounds. You love it. You were bopping. Yeah, I do. I um, I I had Boys to Men two on cassette. Yep. And did, pretty... did, did they spell two, as in like Roman the number numerals. two? Oh, Roman numerals the same as in the name. So it was Boys to Men two. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I am pretty sure that that was on that album, and I was obsessed. And my, yeah. I, I used to um sing along really loud to music in the car, like my parents would let me choose the music and wouldn't um, complain about me singing along the whole way, like through a whole album at full volume, which I just would never <laughs> let anyone else do to me. Uh, if you're not fighting in the backseat, singing is fine. But I was the only child in the car a lot of the time. Well, I mean, maybe I was just saying weird things if yeah. I wasn't going to be singing along. But I was singing like quite sexual lyrics from the Boys to Men album. Oh. And they would, you know, like, I'll make well, love to you. And Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe this was on there. It was also on the reissue of Cooley High Harmony, which was their 91, oh. but this is the 93 reissue. Oh, God. And it was well, also originally used in the TV miniseries The Jacksons, An American <gasps> Dream. Did you ever watch that? I've got that on DVD as well. Yeah. I remember it's watching really it. it. It was event, event TV. And I remember watching it. My parents let us stay up. I was like. 11 when it came on and mm. my parents let me stay up and watch it and I remember the, I still remember the scene where the boys got in trouble mm. and so their dad Joe Jackson was that his name mm-hmm. yeah told Michael go and get go get a, a switch a switch yeah yeah <laughs> which for those it was a stick from the tree like a branch from the tree mm. and it like the bigger the branch all, was almost like a badge of honor he was going to hit the boys with it mm. so he 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 got to choose his own uh, punishment, if it was going to be a big punishment or a bad punishment. Michael apparently always chose the biggest one. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that bit of it. But, yeah, that that's a really good doco. Like, I mean, what's it called when it's a, a movie? Biopic. Biopic, yeah. Um, yeah, they spend a lot of time just on the parents' love story, which I think is unnecessary. I know. When you're watching The Jacksons, you don't really want to know why Joe Jackson decided to have, like, seven or eight children. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just, they go in, uh, there's a lot of coverage of their like the mum having polio or something like I don't know they they stretch it out but it is Angela Bassett like she's a good yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah because I remember watching that scene and my dad saying we should do that here we're a big we're a big uh, family three boys we all got smacked yeah we were threatened with the jug cord they never did they never hit us with the jug cord it was threatened right. though so the the cord from the kettle that's oh that god said, we'll, we'll hit you with so the he jug wasn't cord. joking about the switch. He, he kind of was. Michael Jackson's dad wasn't. My dad kind of was, but saying that, that's a good idea. Oh, God. Hey, there's something else I found out about uh, Boys to Men in 92. So they were on MC Hammer's uh, Too Legit to Quit tour. Mm-hmm. So it was Boys to Men and Too Legit to Quit. So many twos. Uh, they were the opening act. While they're on tour, their tour manager was murdered in Chicago. What? Yeah. And they didn't stop touring, they stayed on the tour. Boys to Men's tour manager. Yeah. Was murdered whilst they were on tour. In Chicago. And they would just. What the hell? And they're like, oh, we're just going to get some other guy in. They dedicated the song It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday in the all future performances to him. But then, yeah. What, how did he get murdered? What happened? Do you I, know? I, I don't know. Chicago right. in, in the early 90s, I think, was a pretty Guns. rough place. Yeah. God. Um. Wow. So they literally were too legit to quit the tour. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Go on. Big, I'm a big fan of that song. I wish I could sing like that. That would be a fun skill to have just to break that out. Mm. All right. Now, this is uh, – so we've had UK, America. Now we're going to New Zealand. And I think they may have moved over to Australia. This is a band called Boys in Black and they're – cover of More Than a Woman. Once upon 
Black, more than a woman. I think I remember this song. Um, like, obviously, I know it's a cover, but I yep. think I remember this version. Um, well, they they played it on the midday show. That's the I couldn't find much about the band, but right. all I could find was they performed on the midday show in Australia. Yep. Don't know if it was the Ray Martin. I reckon it was the Ray Martin version. He was hosting, not Kerry Ann Kennelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're from New Zealand, all Polynesian background. There's a set of brothers in the band, three mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, the Bob brothers, their surname's Bob. Mm. Bob. Their name, Bob. So B-O-B. it's Paul, Bo- Paul Bob, Ben Bob, and Bob Bob. <laughs> really? Yeah, Bob Bob. Robert, Robert Bob. Yeah, no, cool. well, he, he's listed as Bob Bob, which is That's cool. I mean, great. why wouldn't you if you yeah. name? Got to go there. <laughs> uh, plus also Jason Williams and DJ Sonny. That uh-huh. was uh, the man on the decks. I kind of want to read a transcript of the lyrics because the yeah. ones that I could make out were pretty funny. There was one about I'm going to rub you from your your hip to your thigh or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I also just like I was I was listening to this this afternoon, um, and I was just thinking about the lyric "more than a woman" and like kind of offended by that. I was like, what's wrong with a woman? <laughs> well, like had... just, on a base level. Like you're you, more than that. Do you reckon the person compiling it is trying to do something with boys to men and then more than a woman? And also Boy George. Oh, you know what I've just realised? It's what? a bo- it's a boy trilogy. It's Boy George, Boys to Men, Boys in Black. Boys in Black, yeah. I didn't even pick that up until then. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right, know. yes. There is something wrong with the phrase more than a woman. Yeah, I mean, I could just be thinking – too far into it and you know it's a it's bg's isn't it i think so. yeah it's bg's yeah i could take it up with the gibbs yeah but it's, oh, it's uh... another band of brothers <laughs> this is all it's all coming together i understand why they did this song now <laughs> yeah uh, uh look it's, uh, look, it, it's, it's early it's 90s funny. early <laughs> 90s hip-hop i i look I, I do think this is Someone going, you know what's popular? Hip-hop is, is the new sound and someone working in a record label was just going, all right, just get me something and not knowing what's good and what's bad and mm. just seeing some guys go, yep, they'll do. They look the part. Get them in. Yeah. Which Boys must in be, the name, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers, we'll, we'll get a, a song that the mums can like as well and put them on the midday show. <laughs> all right. Moving on to a band. They've been on the show three times already. And this, though, is what I think is my favourite of their songs. This is Arrest Development's Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wendell, that's his name, no one ever knew his name, cause he's a no one, never 
Never thought twice about spending on an old bum Until I had the chance to really get to know one Now that I know him, to give him money isn't charity He gives me some knowledge, I'm buying some shoes And to think blacks spend all their money on big colleges Still most of y'all come out confused Go ahead, Mr. Wendy There you go. Still holds up. Still like this song. It's good. It's a really good. good, Yeah, it's a really good song. Uh, So uh, the sample is Sly and the Family Stones, a simple song, which I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I didn't know that band. I I mean, I knew the band. I didn't know the song, though. Uh, But I I knew this as a kid, not only because it was everywhere, but it was also used in the final episode of season one of a little show that was huge in the Earl household, Melrose Place. Did you watch Melrose Place as a kid? Uh, Yeah, I did, but I don't. Um, I, how can you remember that? Why do you remember that it was in that episode? Uh, because my, my brain just remembers dumb stuff like <laughs> that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could remember other stuff. I've, I've written a new show uh, and I can't remember the songs. I've, I've done the show three times now and mm. each time I've had to have lyrics in front of me because I just can't retain the songs. Mm. But I can retain shit like this. <laughs> Trivia. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a good um, song. So you didn't watch Melrose Place? No, I did. I did. Oh, I just don't, I don't remember the soundtrack. I um, don't think Melrose Place has hold up any, these days. I did actually re-watch one episode about 10 years ago or less yep. than 10 years, and the makeup was really weird. Like they had foundation on the women's faces, but it didn't go down their neck. Ah. So they had like orange faces and white necks. I thought you were going to say, because sometimes when they've like remastered the, the footage and now it's on like digital TV, like proper good TVs, it looks all weird. You can see see stuff you shouldn't be looking at. <laughs> I mean, it could be that, but it also seemed like maybe that was the fashion at the time. Like, I don't know. Yeah, not doing the neck. Hey, this is something I found out about uh, Melrose Place, though. When I was doing all the research for this, I went down a uh, rabbit hole just to make sure I was actually correct in my rem- memory. Uh, but this is... An amazing story. So in 96, the actress Hunter Tylow was cast in Murrow's Place, but she was on the TV show The Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, so she left The Bold and the Beautiful to go on Murrow's Place. However, she was fired by Murrow's Place prior to filming any episodes because Aaron Spelling, the producer, Tori Spelling's father, found out she was pregnant and said, nah, she can't, she can't be on the show because we want her to be sexy. So Lisa Rinna took over that role. Remember Lisa, oh. Lisa Rinna, like with the one with the – I think she's now a, uh, like a uh, – what do they call it? Like a real housewife? I think Lisa Rinna might be. Oh, I don't watch reality TV, but I know who – I know remember her from the show. Yeah, big lips. Uh, yeah. So Tylo uh, returned to Bold and Beautiful. They let her back in. But she sued Aaron Spelling on uh, discrimination grounds and won $4.8 million uh, f- from Aaron Spelling. But in wow. the actual case, this is a part of it. She had to prove that she could still be sexy while pregnant. <laughs> and so she showed photos of herself pregnant to the jury to say, that's sexy, right? You, st- you, want-, you want to get up in that? That's sexy. And oh, so God. the jury had to go off and go, yeah, I'd still probably have sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Great. And messed up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's Mr. Wendell. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, now, this is oh, the bad boys of boy bands. We've talked about them before. This is East 17 and their song, Deep. Close your eyes and I know what I feel you can fantasize. 
Stop it there. Was that something young Laura and Brulee were singing in the back of the car while mum and dad are driving along? <laughs> I mean, possibly. I, I was into them. I didn't own their music, but my friend Mitchell in in, in primary school um, fancied himself as a bit of a, like, um, hip-hop dude. Like, he, yeah. he used to wear those kappa pants. Yeah, nice. And, like, graffiti and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was big into... E17 and their fashion and their music. And so I got into them through him. We, uh, talked, we talked about them about three episodes ago with Will Anderson saying how they were quite sexy for a boy band. Like most boy bands who came on later, even before, were very squeaky clean. There was one in the band who was like, oh, he's the sexy one. The rest of us are kind of like could wear bow ties and do a bit of uh, jazz fusion dance. Uh, <laughs> But these guys were the first ones who were like, no, we're all bad boys. We're yeah. actually going to have sex with all our fans. Yeah. They give off that vibe. I'm not saying they did. They're probably very nice boys, but that was the vibe. Yeah, I know. I'd believe it. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm into it. I th- I mean, I, I thought I was more into it than I am, like, because I DJ sometimes. Yeah. And I do play a fair bit of 90s trash amongst other things. So and do you I- play House of Love? I no, I checked it out and I I tried to I, I was like let's go back and check out E17 and see if there's anything I'd be happy to drop, and yeah. I just can't, I can't. But it it's it has a special place in my heart. Any of the bands that we've played so far, would you play them in a DJ set? Mm, maybe Mr. Wendell. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah. This song went to number seven in Australia, number one in Israel though. Only place it went number one. Wow. Big in Israel. But these guys were kind of uh, not put together, but they were like a, I mentioned this last time I talked about them, a kind of a, a grittier Take That. But listening to Take That at this era and E17, E17 far better than Take That at this era. Right. This is before the I Want You Back for Good kind of Take That. They haven't quite got there yet. But I, I think the music in this is actually quite complex. It's quite, you know, uh not complicated, but there's there's stuff going on. They got it's not like just cheesy pop, classic, yeah. Classical samples and yeah stuff going on. It's yeah. it's sophisticated, but also not. No, like maybe that's what what is interesting about. I don't know. I like it, but I don't like it. I, I'd say the the music's aged better than the actual vocals. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break now for some ads. We're back very soon. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. All right. The second half of side two. Here we go. Our first Belgian Euro dance of the compilation. All right. This is AB Logic and their song, The Hitman. Starts to 
Now you'd play that, surely. Uh, I don't know if I would. <laughs> yes, like you maybe, would. Maybe quite late in the night. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely brought back memories. I, I actually have a playlist called Remembering Times You Felt Sad at Social Events as a Child. And I've just added this song to it because I was like, oh, yeah, I can see me at the school, school social, just yeah. like standing by myself, feeling lonely. I, yeah, I think every single NBL basketball game I've ever been to, this was played at some point in the, in the proceedings. Even even going, like I, the last game I went to was like two years ago. I still reckon that they've played this. <laughs> it's so intense. There's a, There's a type of music from this era which is real like sporting timeouts or uh, Rocker Stedford music. Mm, and this yeah. is this is that vibe as well. It's real oh, Rocker Stedford vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. There'd be some yeah. some kids twirling some like crepe paper like <laughs> stuff around, talking about the environment and <laughs> wood chipping. Oh, wood chipping was real. the big one in in the early nineties when I was like everyone against wood chipping. And I grew up in a town where we had a pulp mill, and so oh. you'd, you'd watch all this stuff on on the Rocker Stedford on TV and go, oh, everyone hates our town. Oh, it's all. <laughs> I did um, it twice and one year, in year seven, our theme was drink driving a lethal cocktail. Yep. And then I did it again in year 10 and I can't remember what it, it was about like, yeah, it was about the environment. Do you remember and, any of the songs that was used? Um, Serial Killer <laughs> by The Prodigy. Yep. That was in the one in year 10. Um, I can't, oh, Hot 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 on 2. Meet up the DJ's gonna take you through this alcohol free dance party with the biggest dance competition of this century. So come on, come on, let's dance. Here we go. I'm trying to get to the song. Hot, hot, hot on three. I think it's like that feel it hot, hot, hot song. Yeah. The one that <laughs> sorry it took me so long to get there, but that's that was I, uh I every time I hear that I'm feeling hot, 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 I think of in the office Christmas specials when they're, he's at the nightclub doing his appearance fees and they play, it's getting, yeah, and then they stop it to have three, uh, like, reality TV stars come out on stage. Oh, God. Uh, so this song, bigger in Australia than anywhere else in the world. Wow. So it got to number six on the charts in Australia, only number 14 in their home country. So... We're a strong audience for some artists. I'm, I'm going to say that the... Um, the 100% hits effect, like it put it on a compilation. <laughs> People like it. People want to use it. I guess so. All and right. Things are slower to get to Australia too. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's been a few big in Australia only bands we've talked about. All right. Now, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse now. We're talking what I, in 93, my favorite song of the year as a 12 year old. This is Snow and his song, Informer. Saying, yo, still, they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, bust it. Informer, you know, say that I'm a stormy, I'm a blam. I like you, bum, bum, bam. Take the money, say, say that I'm a stormy, stab somebody down the lane. I like you, bum, bum, bam. Informer, you know, say that I'm a stormy, I'm a blam. I like you, bum, bum, bam. Take the man that says that I'm a stormy stab somewhere down the lane. I like it, boom, boom, damn. Please, I'm not coming at the blow down my door. When you come out, shoot through my window. So they put me in the back of the car at the station. From that point, I'm a reach my destination. Where the destination is, you know, the easy tension. Where I look down my pants, look up my bottom. So in farmer, you know, say that I'm a stormy, I go blame. I like it, boom, boom, damn. Take the man that says that I'm a stormy stab somewhere down the lane. I like it, boom, boom, damn. And there we have it. That's a great song. I reckon I'd drop that on the dance floor. Yeah, that one would get people dancing, yeah. yeah. Now, I assumed Snow, one hit wonder. Is he not? No, no, no. This is, look, I'm gonna, there's a lot to read here, but I do find it fascinating. So he was born in Toronto, one of four children, to Irish-Canadian cab driver and a homemaker. Uh, his parents got divorced. He was, his mother took custody raised him in public housing where he was fascinated with the gangster lifestyle. This is according to his like Wikipedia. Fell in with the tough Irish Canadians and uh, got in a cycle of fighting, drinking and, and stealing. 
he didn't learn to read properly and dropped out of school in ninth grade and he was obsessed with rock music. But then in 83, there was an influx of Jamaican immigrants to his neighbourhood and so his interest turned to reggae music and that's why he picked up a Jamaican dialect, he says. <laughs> I was just about to ask, like, yeah. hang on, where, where does that accent come in? <laughs> right. So in 87, he was served eight months and one year sentence for pleading guilty to beating a person with a crowbar in a bar brawl. And then yeah. he's, re- he's released in 88. So second, second person has gone to jail on, on the side so far. Uh, and hang on, who was he? Oh, Boy George. Boy George, yeah. So he became friends with a DJ. And they practiced in the guy's basement and they played parties. Uh, the guy would DJ and Snow would provide vocals. And then, uh, 88, he was involved in an incident in a North York pub, uh, which two people were stabbed. Other people in the group pointed the finger at Snow, who was charged with two counts of attempted murder. And rather than tell the perpetrator who did it, Snow took the fall. Whoa. And that's where the inspiration for Informer came from right yeah See, which he wrote while he was in jail informer has informer someone that informs yeah but he, he didn't he, he, he didn't did do not it inform. no no hmm. uh this is in the guinness book of world records as the fastest selling reggae single in u.s history wow as well as the highest charting reggae single in history which i don't know i don't know if a White Canadian should have the record of the no. best and highest-selling <laughs> reggae single. Um, and in Living Colour, the sketch comedy show with uh, Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura, uh, they did a parody of this song, uh, which they called it Imposter. Uh-huh. Yeah, so even at the time, people were like, oh, yeah, that's not right. Uh, so <laughs> he's also a bit like Billy Ray Cyrus, who... I thought was also a one-hit wonder, but we've had other songs of his. We've had two songs of his on, on the compilation so far, and he's still going strong today. He's had a, a f- almost 40-year career, Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm. Uh, Snow, this so- his, like the band Daddy Yankee had him as a guest on their song Con Calma, which won seven Latin Grammys in 2020, and is on Just Dance, so every kid you know from age of like four to 14 would have danced to it if they've got a Nintendo Switch. Like wow. that is, yeah. So he's still making music. He's like in the Canadian like Music Hall of Fame, I think. Whoa. Yeah. So hang on, what what song is on the Switch thing? Uh, this song called Con, Ka- Con Karma, which oh, uses... the Latin one. Which uses the like informer um, melody and everything, and he's on it as a guest. Ah, so that, and he's well, been working, working since this time. He hasn't like that's outrageous. Yeah, I when mean, you think I, that someone's just a one-hit wonder, and then you're like, no, no, they've got a whole career. Well, he is just a one-hit wonder because they're using the same song yeah. and just like <laughs> rejuvenating it. <laughs> but also, uh, he's a classic example of big in Japan as well. He's had a whole string of albums Japan only released. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Informer by Snow. Understood. All right. Moving on. Kind of similar, similar vibe. But this one is Shaggy and his song, O Carolina. Oh, I'm sure the girl grew. 
There we go. Played more than I wanted to there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Oh Carolina by Shaggy? I mean, I like Shag. I liked Shaggy at the time. I the songs are catchy. Yeah. Um, the way that he sings is quite unique and sexual, and it like used to make me feel a bit funny as a child. I didn't really know what to make of it and hadn't really encountered it before. Um, uh, what else do I have to think about it? I don't know. They're like obviously trying to make it sound old timey. Well, yeah, it, it's a That's remake of a of a song by the Folks Brothers. It was a Scar song, and he made it more of a dancehall song. Uh, mm. It got it got worldwide attention when it was used in the Sharon Stone Billy Baldwin erotic thriller Sliver. Did you, have you seen Sliver the, the movie? I don't know if I have, but I want to because that's um, a subgenre of movie that I'm into, like um, psychological thrillers from the '90s. Yeah, they, that kind I, of trash. I don't know if I've seen it. I remember it. Maybe it was on TV. My parents would have absolutely watched it. They love all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, but I look. I was never a big Shaggy fan, but I once defended him. I was getting my hair cut. I didn't really want to defend him, but I was getting my <laughs> hair cut at a place called Lords of the North in uh, Thornbury. Did you say and it definitely wasn't him? No, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. So <laughs> they, one of the guys was playing Shaggy in the shop and the other mm. hairdresser, the other barber was like, turn this off. This is shit. And he was like, no, no, Shaggy's great. And he's like, nah, it's it's a joke. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool. And they were getting quite argumentative while I was getting my hair cut. And then the guy cutting my hair said, what do you think? And tapped me on the shoulder and said, you like him, right? And I, oh, shit. the guy had scissors near my face. So I was like, I'm going to agree with the guy with scissors near my face. I don't care. So I said, nah, Shaggy's great. Yeah, this is, yeah keep it on. Keep it on. And I didn't really <laughs> want to listen to Shaggy. But uh, yeah, I did. Ended up getting, because it's a good haircut. That's why. Yeah. It's important. I think it is. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of, Shaggy is a bit of a, not a punchline, but I think because he did, it wasn't me. That's what I mean. Yeah. He should have yeah. stopped before that. Yeah. He just did like Mr. Bombastic and Oh Carolina and whatever else in the summertime. Yeah. in the summer, Yeah. Just, just call it after that. That would have been great. But then a few years ago, remember when he did a, a collab album with Sting? No. Yeah. <laughs> And it was very, like, it won Grammys. Oh. I think it was one of those weird kind of subcategories that they were like, oh, we just want Sting to come to the Grammys, so we'll give him an award. But it did quite well. But it was when it got announced, everyone was like, what? Why is Sting working with Shaggy? It's like. Oh, dear. Yeah. It is a strange one. Poor Shaggy. All right. Our final song. Our final song of the album. This is, they've been on before. Uh, this is PM Dawn with their song, Looking Through Patient Eyes. Whatever it is I do, I try to think oh, about you. I have a love for you, but nothing has yeah. Whatever it is I do, I'm always thinking of oh, you. I hope you look at me, the patient eyes. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, we'll take it down there. That's looking through patient eyes. What do you think? I don't know if I remember that song very well. Like it no, feels, it feels like in the corners of my in the corners of my mind. Um, but hmm, 
That's another one I'd like to get a transcript of the lyrics to read over because he was saying some weird things. Oh, well, the, the title of the album that it's from is called The Bliss Album, dot, 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 question mark, Vibrations of Love and Anger and the Ponderance of Life and Existence. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Have you seen the rehearsal that Nathan Fielder? Yes. I think the lead singer of this band has very, the guy from episode two who sees numbers and signs and everything. Oh, yeah. I think they would share, a, they'd be able to have a conversation and get on quite well, I think. <laughs> Show's amazing. Oh, man, I love it so much. Um, yeah. So this was their last top ten hit. Uh, this samples George Michael's father figure. Mm. The, oh, that's fe- why it felt familiar then. Yeah, there's female <laughs> vocals on this and the female vocalist is Kathy Dennis. Do you know Kathy Dennis? I know that name. She, she wrote Wannabe. I Kissed a Girl and Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh. She wrote those three songs. We talked about it on episode one, I think. She was in that one. and uh, Or maybe episode two. But, yeah, she she was a backing vocalist for PM Dawn. Cool. Yeah. So she's had a pretty incredible career. Now, this was PM Dawn's last kind of hit and they kind of fell out of favour with the hip-hop community because do you know how they, they love a beef? So in an interview, they were talking about how they don't really, like, appreciate the gangster, the gangster culture and they said that people should rise up above that. And they were talking about a rapper called KRS-One. I, I don't know KRS-One, but, yep. Mm. And they said, he says he's a teacher. A teacher of what? And it was just kind of a comment in a magazine. Well, KRS-One heard that, did not appreciate it, and at some big outdoor uh, event – where PM, PM Dawn were performing, KRS-One stormed the stage and literally threw the lead singer of PM Dawn off the stage. Whoa. Like, yeah, threw him off. And uh, from that moment on, hip-hop people were like, nah, that band sucks. Like KRS-One beat their ass. And, uh, yeah, it was all over for PM Dawn. Whoa. Their next album came out four years later. I'm not, I don't think they'll make it back on the compilation, so I might burn through this story. Uh, and so it was two members, the singer and the uh, DJ. And the DJ, and this is all, like, didn't go to trial, but he got charged for it. Apparently had, a, like, a relationship with his 14-year-old cousin. Ugh. Yeah. And he got kicked out of the band, replaced by another guy. Then the actual singer of PM Dawn died. Uh, he, he won some reality TV competition and then died of diabetes not long after. But the guy who replaced the other guy in the band kept the PM Dawn name and is still doing music even though – so no original members of PM Dawn <laughs> are in PM Dawn. Excellent. And I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can play their, their latest song. Um, oh, where is it? I've got to I'll, – I'll look it up. PM they because I when I was doing research they just had another song come up and I was like oh that's so weird seeing they they died oh yeah, here it is now that song from the album the bliss album vibrations of love and anger and the ponderance of life and existence you know it's kind of a you imagine them wearing like kind of florals and almost that de la soul kind of thing well this one's called big women and this is what it sounds like Make it clap, girl. Make your big, big booty clap, girl. Make it clap, girl. Make it clap, girl. Make your big, big, big booty clap, 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 clap. Go luscious. Go, go, go luscious, luscious. So quite a departure is what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, you got to keep reinventing yourself. Look at Madonna. 30 years on, yep. Yeah. (laughs) So that is the end of of our... Side B of Volume Eight. Now, wh- I asked this at the end of every episode. The album's called One Hundred Percent Hits. Of those nine tracks you heard, what percentage would you give it of hits? We can go through oh. it. So, Boy George, The Crying Game, hit or no hit? Hit. Hit. I, I agree. Uh, Boys to Men in the Still of the Night. I mean, maybe the original was a hit. Do can- oh. It has to just be one or the other. Hit, sure. Hit, okay. Uh, Boys in Black, more than a woman. Right, there's a percentage, right? Yeah, you can give it a percentage, but like 
I don't want to have to add up percentages. Oh, okay, all right. So sure, hit. What was the next one? <laughs> uh, More than a woman by Boys no, in Black. Not a no. hit. Mr. Wendell. Hit. E seventeen deep. Hit. The Hitman. AB Logic. Hit. Snow Informer. <laughs> Regretful. Hit. hit. <laughs> Six. Oh wow. Uh, o Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a hit on some level, like. They're not, I don't want to hear them now. Hit, sure. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's a hit there. I don't know. <laughs> PM Dawn looking through patient eyes. In the context, they were hits. Uh, no, that's not a hit. That's All right. like... Seven out of nine. That's, that's good. That's good odds. That's like 78% hits. Yeah, I mean, they, they were paying professionals to curate this stuff. That's a distinction there. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a good, they've done well. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, do you have a favourite song off that side? Uh, I reckon, like, as an adult, the Boy George one is my fave. Yeah, we did start off strong, didn't we? Yeah. That that's just sounds good and it holds up, I think. Yeah, I think. But th- back in the day, it probably would have been um, Shaggy or Snow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for uh, having me. You've got music out that people can purchase, right? I do. I have four albums out. Where They're can people all... find it? They're on Spotify or Bandcamp. Excellent. Whatever you like. All the other things too. Great. I'll link it in the show notes. Cool. Hey, everyone, uh, thanks for downloading. Thanks for reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. It helps with the algorithm. I know I'm a, I'm a slave to the algorithm, but it does help get people's uh, ears onto the pod. Also, if you would like to become a Patreon subscriber and listen to Pod Machine, uh, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. That's patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. Thank you all so much. I'll see you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.